You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Business of the Music Business Podcast. I'm Pam Rossi. Well, you can play an instrument, you can sing. Now what do you do? Well, to be a successful musician, you need to know the business side of your craft. If you don't, it's just a hobby. Yes, and welcome, everybody. Uh, hi, for another episode here. And today we're going to talk about booking those gigs. You know, it's so important. You got to be able to play somewhere. You just don't want to be playing to yourself or, you know, in, on a Facebook Live to maybe somebody that might be watching you. So I have two very special guests with me today. Uh, here in the studio, I have an, excuse me, I have Kevin Bessert. Hi, Kevin. You are from 20 Front Street. Yep. Um, great venue and uh, just amazing what things have been doing going on with the 20 Front Street and uh, keeping busy. And then on the phone, we also have uh, Joe Neport from FunFest, the president of FunFest. Hi, Joe. Hey, how are you doing? Doing great. Uh, thanks to both you guys great. for doing this today. Appreciate it. And uh, I wanted both of you in here because you're kind of like on the, a little bit on the opposite ends of booking for, for artists. You know, there's the smaller venue, you know, like the, the cafe restaurant kind of thing, which is what 20 Front Street is really all about. And then you've got the big festivals and that sort of thing. And, you know, getting into summer, that's another big part of it. So that's why I had both you guys on today. So thank you for that. And uh, we're going to delve into it. Great. Awesome. Um, let's start with you, Kevin. Um, sure. I'm looking right at you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's a little bit, first of all, 20 Front Street. Uh, you guys have been around just a few years now. It'll be three in November. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We'll be celebrating our third anniversary in November. That went quick. Yeah, it, you're telling me. <laughs> but it's amazing because, um, you know, you're getting a lot of artists uh on 20 Front Street, it seems to be like a good, you know, the place to go now to get a booking, which, you know, kudos to you guys. Well, thank you very much. I mean, yeah, we tried and um, pride ourselves on kind of having that that nice blend of some of the, the great things going on in the local Detroit music scene, mm-hmm. but then bringing in a lot of touring artists as well, um, some independent artists, um, even some that are on labels that are touring the country. And Lake Orion is it, it's amazing to say three years into it, but that Lake Orion is becoming a stop uh, on some of these yeah. national tours for some of these artists. So we're we're incredibly thankful for that. Wow, uh, that that when I hear that, I think there's uh, you know, first of all, you had to start somewhere, but the word has gotten out. So, um, and we're gonna, Joe, I want to hear this from you as well. Um, well, let's first of all talk about Fun Fest and exactly what that is. Well, FunFest is a special events company. We formed it back in 2006. And we do, um, we own and produce a lot of festivals around Michigan. We do, um, we actually do a Comic Con called Fantastic Con that's in three states. And then um, we do concert series and one off concerts um, around Michigan and Ohio. Okay. Um, and um, my background basically goes back to the 80s when um, I used to be a buyer and booker for the original Ritz nightclub in Roseville. Oh, wow. And then in the 90s, I kind of went up, uh, I worked and ran the State Theater, which is now the Fillmore downtown. And then um, in the early 2000s, um, I bought the Emerald Theater in Mount Clemens and ran that for 10 years. And then, um, so all, all of the uh, connections I had with local and national bands uh, is what's helping me today with FunFest. And, and with FunFest, we book a lot of national bands, but we book a lot of local bands as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty dialed into the music scene. 
Wow, quite impressive there, what you've done. <laughs> you know, so, so you've seen a lot of artists come through, and uh, you've worked with a lot of artists, uh, you know, to get them booked. So uh, from both you guys, you know, really want to start off with, you know, what's, um, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. You know, to get, you know, as a band, I'm thinking if, you know, if I was a band or an artist, you know, it's like, where do I start? How do I get into these? There's got to be a way to get my foot in the door. So I'd like to hear it from both sides. You know, what's the best way? You know, how does an artist start to get into uh, some kind of a place like a 20 Front Street or one of these big festivals? You know, where do they start and what do they need? I guess I can start there, Joe, with kind of the perspective, like Pam said, of kind of from a, a smaller venue. Um, obviously, a lot of our submissions now come f- through our website. A lot of people come to our website and we have a, a, a place on our website for them to uh, submit, you know, a booking in- inquiry. Um, and so we do see a lot of inquiries coming in that way. Um, and then it's obviously the way our inquiry works is for them to submit um, several things to us, which is, you know, their social media platforms, a video, uh, an audio clip if they have it, things of that nature that let us, you know, take a look quickly. Um, and it, it goes directly to our booking team that we can take a look at it and see if we think it's a good fit for our venue. Okay. Same thing, Joe? How do you find? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do a lot of similar things. I mean, what we we ask bands to send us an electronic press kit. We like to see photos. We like to see the music they do. We book mostly cover bands, but there are some original bands that we book as well. So, cover bands, we're looking for their set list. Um, videos are always helpful, and then we also look at things like what kind of social media following do they have. Do they have a lot of Facebook followers? Do they have a lot of Twitter followers? And then, um, obviously, we also look at their resume and places that they played. And we kind of evaluate all of that. There's, you know, a little formula that we kind of put together. And the bands that uh, meet the criteria, we ended up uh, using them. And, um, you know, one thing I can say to bands out there is you really want to play gigs that are going to give you a lot of exposure okay um when you play bars that's cool you come front show off there's some new people in the bar they haven't seen you and that that's a good way to build it too but anytime you can get in front of a large crowd at a festival or a concert series um most of the time that's a large crowd that's never seen you before so it's your chance to win a lot of people Mm. over and then obviously i'm sure kevin will agree that the bands that he's going to want to continue to bring back as well as myself or any other promoter or club owner is going to be banned to draw a lot of people. Um, so, you know, build your following and, and just keep working on it. That's, that's pretty much the, the ticket. Well, it's kind of a, you know, two way street here. You know, you're not going to book somebody that, you know, has 10 followers, obviously, you know, cause that's not going to help you. Um, you know, they're going to bring the more people they bring in, the better it is for the, for the venue or for the event. Absolutely. And, yeah, uh, go ahead, yeah, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> uh, okay, I was just going to say that, that that is the case, but sometimes there's an exception to the rule. There could be a band that just absolutely blows you away. They're just unbelievably good, talented. They got it all going, and they might not have a big social media following, but that's a band that you want to kind of take under your wing and work with because if the potential's there – the promotion can be built around it. And I've run into a few of those in my day that, um, you know, they didn't have much of a following. Nobody really heard of them, but they were so good. They impressed me so much that I ended up working with them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And what we've done and we deal 
much more with the, you know, we don't do cover bands, so it's much more uh, original bands. But what we've done in some instances is helped bands out. Um, we started a video series called the Green Room Sessions where we shoot a small video in our green room of just them doing something. And, and we had come across some artists that I thought were fantastic, but we really – there was nothing online that represented what they were capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to book them at our venue, but we wanted to make sure we were going to be able to promote the show. And so we brought them in actually in advance of their show, shot something for them that was going to represent what what the audience was going to see that night, what they were buying a ticket to come see. And so we've been able to do that, use that for promotion because really, just like Joe said, I mean, there are bands I've seen that are fantastic, but really didn't have anything online that I felt represented what they're capable of doing live. Well, a lot of times, they, you know, an artist may not have all that yet. So that's a great thing to give them a little promo piece there. It helps you, helps them. And well, and yeah, exactly. We started the Green Room Sessions at our venue as kind of when we first were getting going as a way to, it was kind of a win-win because it was helping promote our brand and our venue, but also something we could give to the artist and say, you know, if you come back here for your second time, we'll have this to use for promotion. But go ahead and use it for other venues as well. Send this out to the venues you're trying to get into nice. because this represents what you can do. Um, and so we've done that. And then in instances where we think we need to do it in advance of the show, we've done that several times. But a lot of times we'll just shoot them the night they're there. And then we know, hey, we're probably going to have them back sometime in the future. And we have something ready to go for promotion when they come through that second time. Well, this is a good question, you know, for both of you, you know, you both mentioned, or at least just now, we recurring guests or artists, you know, does that happen a lot? Or, you know, um, do you rely on guests you've had before? Is that something you like to do or not do? Is that a good thing? Well, you always want to, you always want to bring back bands that do well, um, bands that are, are good and they appeal to your audience and then they draw a lot of their own audience. So yeah, bands that, um, you know, that, that, that do well for themselves and, and for the promoter or the club owner, you absolutely want to bring them back in a rotation. Um, local bands probably bring them back a little more frequently, maybe mm-hmm. two, three times a year. Um, but on the festival level, most of my stuff is done in the summer. So obviously I'm just once a year for right. most of these bands, but, um, Oh yeah, there's a handful of bands that I, I I bring back annually because they're solid. I know what I'm getting, and they're continuing to build their uh, their crowd base. Is there anybody that you know? You don't have to name names. <laughs> We're not going to go there, but that it just whatever they did when you know you already booked them, they did the show with you and everything. And it was like, okay, these guys are not coming back. I mean, you know, what did what could it, or what might a band do or an artist do that just you know, totally turns you off and says, I can't book these guys anymore. Is there anything that like that? You know, I don't have a ton of that, but I would say if there was one thing, I would just say maybe a misrepresentation of, of their following mm-hmm. or the amount of people they can bring out where you'll have a lot of bands pitch you and say, you know, we have this great local following or, you know, when we play in this market, we always get out X amount of people at a minimum uh, and then they play your show and those numbers don't hold up and, you know, they have an excuse as to why. So, you know, that would be the one big thing to me is just not misrepresenting or or over-promising what, you know, you can probably deliver um, on any given night in that market. Well, you have to make, you know, think that the artist is going to blow up the numbers a little bit because they want to get booked, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Have you run into anything? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree with Kevin on that. And um, also, there's there's a few things in in festival world that we are are very strict on, and one of them is profanity on stage mm. because 
our our festivals, most of them are family oriented, and there's carnivals and other stuff going around the music. And sometimes we'll have events that have three or four stages, so everything is kind of blended together. So the last thing we want is someone on stage that's dropping the f bomb and mm-hmm. and just swearing, and because. There's there's kids around, there's right. families around, and that's just not good. We put it in the agreements that uh, no profanity, huh? and once in a while somebody they'll do it, and and that's a ticket uh, for them to never play for us again. So that's definitely a way to um, not want to have a band play for you again. Well, you know, and they should know they're seeing kids around. They, you know, logic says don't go there. You know, uh, but I'm well, sure some bands don't. Agreement too. Yeah. I mean, they're breaking their contract. Well, let, let's talk about contracts. You brought that up, Joe. So, um, you know, once you do book somebody and, you know, does, do you have a, you should have a contract every single time, right? Is that normal? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, everything should be in writing. Um, any, anything business related, not even in the entertainment business, but any type of business right. okay. should be in writing. Logical um, there. That's logical. Yeah, and, and, yeah, we have agreements with, with our bands and, you know, some of our bands, Quite honestly, they, they play for free. We give them uh, the back line so they don't get any equipment. We're oh, giving them okay. the exposure. There's other bands that we pay. There's some bands we pay a lot of money to. It just depends on the event and the circumstances. But absolutely, everything's in writing. And, okay. um, you know, both parties should not honor the agreements. And um, I think um, the handshake, word, you know, taking someone's word for it, you know, they only a certain way, but I've had situations where um, people don't have that. So I would highly suggest everything should be right. Yeah, the, the handshake doesn't work. <laughs> Not always. Uh, have you? Ever, do you ever have, um, you know, and again, Kevin, you're local, so you probably don't see this as much as Joe might, you know, especially. Well, you do have some nationals, but yeah. do they put things in? I mean, I would imagine it's a very standard contract, but is there things like, um, you know, and it just comes to, t- to mind every time is, you know, like Van Halen, take all the brown M&Ms out. Do you get stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised. We do with a lot. Obviously, all our agreements are in writing, too. Obviously, depending on whether it's a local act or a national act, the, the formality of those agreements vary. Okay. Uh, but with a lot of the national stuff we're booking, yeah, we're dealing with, you know, some of the large agencies in the country. Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with agents. And so, yeah, th- those those contracts come with riders for each band, and it'll spell out what, you know, what they want in that rider as <laughs> yeah. far as um, – and yeah, but, you know, the size we're dealing with, uh, you know, probably doesn't get up to the Van Halen level. Yeah. But we, you know, we do see pretty much anything and everything in those riders as far as uh, what they do want or or don't want um, that night they're with us. Can, do, you, do you ever have to turn back so, or say to someone, we can't, we can't do this or whatever, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Joe can probably comment on this more on the larger scale. But I mean, I think a lot of times those riders are a... Uh, guideline or what they would like yeah, uh, yeah. doesn't necessarily mean every bullet point on there needs to be hit, but it's just kind of a, a guideline for the venue to say, hey, here's some of the things that would make this a comfortable experience for us. Have you run into that, Joe? They require oh, yeah. Some? I mean, every 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 band is different. Um, most of the riders we get are, uh, I should say, either outdated or not appropriate to the show that they're doing. Yeah, I agree with that. A um, couple of examples are with festivals, there's multiple bands and sometimes there's multiple headliners. So um, the band is not the 
sole attraction. They're not the headliner. They might be sharing the headline um, title with two or three other acts. Okay. And then um, everything's pretty much done with the advance. So when I get the contract and the writer, I'll mark stuff out. Like, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this. And then they'll come back and go, well, I'm okay with you crossing these two out, but I really need item three. And then everything's negotiated. At the end of the day, everything works out. Now, bands that um, were doing a hard ticket and they sell out, we give them everything they want. If the show's not selling that well, then we start cutting back. And most of the time, they understand that, and and they're flexible. And, And like I said, we... We pretty much go down every line item, negotiate, and everything at the end of the day ends up working out. Okay. Um, this was touched on earlier, and Kevin, you were saying that you have something on your site, you know, that they can fill out, and you know, and then you get those, which probably is an easier way to control all of this. Uh, so, Joe, for the bigger festivals, what's the best way, you know, that they connect? Say someone is interested in being on one of the festivals that you uh, you take care of. What's the best way for them to contact you or to contact FunFest? to get on well, what we do is every it's usually end of january or early february we'll send out um emails to everybody we know and to all our social media platforms uh to take band submissions to play the events and we usually run that say february 1st through may 1st and then um everybody will send in their submissions they'll send an electronic press kit that has a um either audio recording or video recording of some songs um, and where they're from, what their social media reach is. And there's a whole bunch of questions on there. Mm-hmm. And we usually get uh, close to a thousand every year. And then wow. we go through those and we narrow it down to, uh, we end up probably booking about 150, 200 local groups a year. And, and that's how we, uh, we do it. And then if there's some really good bands that, didn't get picked. We usually mark them up for the following year and make sure that they come in the following year. So, okay. um, basically, yeah, just check our website when we're running that submission, send it in, and that's how we'll we'll get to know who you are. It sounds like um, you know because a lot of this is done way in advance. You know, a a good practice for any band or artist would be you know like. The week of New Year's, you know, lay out, you know, find all these festivals, find the different venues that you really want to play at, you know, and and keep track of them and contact them, you know, and start the process because you can't wait to the last minute because it's already booked up. It sounds like you can't can't do that if you're yeah. going to, you know, you know play. another thing, too, and, and bands got to be persistent because promoters and club owners, you know, they're busy. They got a lot of things on their mind. And sometimes they just don't have time to reply. Okay. So just be persistent. Um, every month, send them another email, reminder, and and eventually they'll get back to you. Yeah. I mean, I've been on the other side. I've managed bands, so I've had to deal with um, promoters and club owners um, on the other end of it. Now that I am a promoter, it's, it's different. So I know both sides, and... You know, I don't mind somebody being persistent, somebody that believes in themselves. I respect that. And and uh, just be persistent. You'll, you'll eventually get uh, 
That's, that was one of my questions, how often, you know, you don't want to feel like you're bugging anybody, obviously. And same thing, Kevin. What, I, how, I how, totally how, agree with Joe's comment there that, you know, I don't have a problem with that either. I constantly get the email and they say, I hope I'm not bugging you. Mm-hmm. And, I hope, and, you know, honestly, you're not. It's just one of those things, like Joe said, sometimes uh, when you'd sent the previous one, um, you know, I just wasn't able to reply or, or didn't know on the date you were asking about. So, um, yeah, the next month following up or, you know, um, asking next time you're planning a little mini tour and you want to ask again, I, I have no problem with that. And you're definitely not not bugging us that the persistence is fine. And I would think, um, you know, on the business side of it, you know, uh, that, for example, you did a, a really good concert or, you know, a big event or something, and you take a little snippet of that and use that and say, hey, this is the my latest thing. I thought you might be interested in seeing, you know, what we've just done or, you know, our latest, uh, you know, booking, something like that. So it's not just like, hey, I'm still out here, but give them something to look at or something like, oh, this is good. And oh, they were booked there. That should probably help you. No, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I've really enjoyed now that we're, again, uh, a few years into this from our venue's perspective is, you know, artists coming back to us with new ideas where it's an artist we've already had, but they want to come back. But this time they want to come back and do something different. Uh, they present a show. They have a show idea or something unique where they're going to grab a few other artists in the community and they mm. want to do a, um, you know, something unique. And, and we've presented a lot of shows like that that have been very successful. So, you know, if you do want to come back several times, coming back with some new ideas is a great way to present something fresh and new to the venue as a way to get booked as well. And that sends a big message too, like, hey – you know, we're trying to, you know, reinvent ourselves. We're trying to be fresh. So you're not going to get the same old what you did, you know, last year kind of thing. So perfect. No, and one I'll uh, name one, Emily Burns from Escaping Pavement, who's a local band here in the Detroit area who are fantastic. She always is emailing me ideas. She says, I hope, you know, this is kind of a crazy idea. I hope you don't, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Uh, and, and we've had a lot of successful shows with them because she's constantly kind of thinking up new ideas and new things that audiences may enjoy. And um, it's definitely refreshing to, to see stuff like that sent in. Yeah, you got you got to think outside the box sometimes and Absolutely. You know, I mean, you guys see so many requests that, you know, hey, this is something brand new. This will be cool. Um Joe, do you look for anything specific like that, you know, something unique or you just look for, you know, a good good performers? Is that the main thing? Well, oh, he disconnected. <laughs> oh no. Him. Oh no. Um he's going to come back here in a moment. So um, all right. Well, with that, he's going to, Joe's going to call back for in a second here. So, um, we're, we still have, we still have, uh, Kevin here in the. Absolutely. Joe disconnected. So, <laughs> tell my engineer here. Um, all right. Well, let, while we're waiting for Joe to get back in. So, um, you know, I definitely wanted to make sure how often is too often because I know sometimes people feel like they're really being pushy and everything. So great. And as you said, you guys get on a list if you can't get to them right away or whatever. And, you know, um, you know, you're, you're set. You've, you've heard from these people. That's the main thing. Uh, and you guys touched on this a little bit and we're waiting for Joe to dial back in. Um, so let's hey. talk. Oh, there. Hello, Joe. I'm back. Sorry okay. about that. Good <laughs> okay. Um, well, I was just starting to say with Kevin, what I would I'd like to, you know, you talked about the EPK, the electronic press kit, which is really important. Um, I don't know. Is there a, a booking kit kind of thing? Does that in, which includes that? Is there other stuff that you need that you look at besides the social media and the EPK? EPK? What else? 
Yeah, I mean, our online form is basically, if they're going to fill it out on our website, it's basically just asking for all the things that you would typically see in an EPK. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and I heard a little bit when you had Drew Schultz in a few weeks ago talking specifically about those. Um, and that was great. But yeah, it, a one-stop shop for the talent buyer at a venue um, where I can see everything in one one screen. Uh, a lot of times it's one page um, and I'm going to find the photos, the bio, the videos, your social media links. Um, and it's just all in one place so I don't have to hunt around Make for it. Make it easy for you. Make it, make it easy. Um, you know, a lot of people now think that just sending the social media links is good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but social media is tricky now where if, if I'm going to a page and I have to kind of look through your page and some have personal pages and oh. some have professional pages and I have to kind of hunt around for the information mm-hmm. I'm looking for, uh, it makes it a little trickier. So, yeah, a good, concise EPK where everything's in one spot is is a great way where you can send that and know that you're really putting your best foot forward. Do you look for anything uh, other than what Kevin said, Joe? Do you have something else you specifically look for? No, I I agree with him 100% that um, make it give us as much information as possible, but put it in the simplest form. And most um, venues and promoters that do have their own um, what we call submission sheet that they fill out that 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 takes care of everything. Okay. So I yeah I totally agree with that. Now, how much do you guys expect the artists to promote themselves? Oh, a ton. We I mean, if if a band doesn't make the effort to promote themselves, I mean, mm-hmm. that's it's a big turnoff to me. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that's one time one thing that sometimes is once they are booked and they have the gig. You know, they sometimes think, okay, I have the gig now and that's, I'm good and the venue is going to promote it and things like that. But it really is a partnership and really both sides need, need to be promoting it. Um, and so, yeah, when I see bands that we've booked and you look at their social media pages the weeks leading up to the show and there's, there's no promotion mm. there. Um, red flag. Yeah. So you do, it does really need to be a partnership where both sides are really, uh, are really promoting the show. Well, it, you know, and of, of course, what the title of this podcast is the business of the music business, business, you're, that's part of your business. You got to promote yourself, so you can't drop the ball on that. Absolutely, yeah. And again, the more people you get, um, and it's probably a little harder, you know, for the big festivals that you know with Joe to really gauge how many of these people actually got to the festival because of the band's promotion. You know, that might be a little harder to gauge that, but you can still see on their social media if it's there or not. Right. What? Um, what do you do um, if someone says, I'd like to, while I'm doing my concert or on your stage, that I actually do a Facebook Live or stream it live? Is that allowed? Or do you like that or is that a no-no? You know, what What do you think? I'll start with uh, for it. Um, I just – there's a ton of bands that want to do something like that. They want to they film their performance and photograph it and, and all that. And my only concern is that – all that equipment has to be put away when the national band goes on because that's a big no-no. So we encourage it, but um, you know we also make sure that they know that they can't film any any other bands without their permission. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and we've started to have some bands do that at our venue as well. We've uh, we just had one last week that did like an Instagram live of their show. Um, personally, for us, you know, we're you know, we're concerned about the sound and, and the video and a lot of people are just doing it with their phone from the back of the room and we don't necessarily love the quality. So it's, it's actually one of the things that our venue, we're looking to do it ourselves. Mm. So that's something we'll be able to offer to the band if, if they 
choose to do it, okay. um, that we could do it and do it where we're controlling, uh, you know, the quality of it because that's really what it comes down to is, you know, I think it's a great uh, – promotion for the band. It's a great promotion for the venue, but you just want to make sure that it's done at a level that, you know, people at home can watch and can watch comfortably and actually hear and see, you know, yeah. what's going on in the venue. Well, you definitely want them there live instead of just, oh, I can just watch this on Facebook, you know, so that defeats the purpose too, you know, filling the room. Yeah. And for us being a small kind of intimate listening room, a lot of our shows are full. And so for us, it, it, it may be a way to let them, you know, reach an audience or for some of these national bands that have followings all over the country or all over the world, um, you know, they can let them enjoy what's going on and not just the, you know, the 90 people sitting in the room. Yeah. Um, question for, you know, just because of the terms, there's so many different ones. If someone was just cold calling a venue or, you know, a festival uh, promoter, what's the title of a person they should ask for? I mean, is it always talent well, buyer? Talent buyer, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I'd say okay. talent buyer is pretty standard. You'll get uh, to the, the right industry. person. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so now – what happens, you know, they they put their whole booking kit together, well, especially the EPK, that's the most important thing. You know, they filled out all the forms that need to be filled. They've got the booking, you know, they're promoting the booking, thank goodness, right? Uh, you know, putting it out there that they're going to be at your place or your event. So after the event, do you as a promoter, uh, you know, talent buyer, do you expect something after the fact when a band is booked with you? No, um, no, I, I mean, I don't, I don't quite understand the question, but I mean, you know, they came, they put on a good show. Um, they drew people. Um, I mean, there's not much more we could ask for. I mean, that's, that's what we want from, from bands. Yeah, I certainly don't expect it. I have gotten some nice, you know, thank you notes after the fact of, you know, just saying that, you know, what a great time they had at the venue, how much they enjoyed the show. And obviously those are Great to get and nice to read, but um, you know, I wouldn't say that it's it's an expectation. One thing, and you know, I'm on I'm on the other side here, yeah. and I would think as a band or an artist, they would should, and if you guys disagree with this, let me know. But I think they should go back to that venue to the person that is the booking, like Kevin and Joe here, and say, could you give me a referral or a testimony that I can put on my website and I can you know say, hey. Kevin, this is, you know, a quote from Kevin from playing in their venue. I would think as a band that would be really big, that you should do that. No? Yes? Yeah, I think that's a good idea, and, and I, I would do that. Yeah, that that is a very good idea. Yeah, and, and to go even a step further there, what I would say is depending on the venue you're playing in, I've had a lot of artists, um, local and national, that just asked me after, you know, playing in our venue – you know, do you have uh, connections at other mm. venues? Is there, oh. is, can you help me out with, you know, do you partner with other venues? Do you know some other venue owners and kind of network that way? Um, and again, being a listening room, we do have, we have connections with other listening rooms that we've kind of created a little circuit with. Mm -hmm. and, and I have helped artists and, you know, that have maybe only found out about ours and say, well, here's a couple others and I can put in a good word for you at those places as well. So it never hurts to, uh, if you have a good experience and you perform well and bring people out at a venue to, you know, maybe ask them, uh, you yeah. know, if they have a network of other venues they're working with that they could help you, help you with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And don't, yeah, if it was a bad experience or, you know, didn't work well, <laughs> don't bother with the, uh, getting that information or a testimonial for sure. Um, all right. Now, uh, and something else I want to ask you about, and I'm not sure, Joe, if you would 
if you would have to deal with this at all. But you, although you did mention something earlier about, you know, paying, but thinking about pay to play, you know, there's some venues that do that. Is that, you know, explain that. Do you know what that is? First of all, I would imagine you do. Uh, and then, you know, how does that work if someone's booking? Well, I mean, the basis of it, and, and the, some venues are different, but the basis of pay to play is that the venue will give you tickets to sell and that's how you're going to make your money. Mm. Um, you're going to sell tickets and if you don't sell any tickets, you don't get money. That's one way of doing it. Um, just flat out saying, hey, you got to pay us money to play. That That's wrong. And I, I'm not even sure if there's, I've heard stories, but I'm not sure of many venues do that. Now, I can tell you back when I was managing bands, if there was a really good show, an opening act for a bigger local band or a national band or um, just a big event where I knew there was going to be thousands of people, I would offer to pay to be on those shows. Now, I'm not saying that it's right for a promoter or a club owner to solicit that, but I know that I have in the past offered to pay to play because the exposure would have been tremendous for the band. Okay. If it's a good thing, then it's okay. You just have to, you have to just know the difference and, and realize, you know, will this, is this good or not? You know? Yeah. In, right. in the space we're in, our venue size, you know, we're not in any pay to play situation or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, to Joe's point and even taking it back, so I would say that there are times where as a band, you should probably weigh opportunities where maybe you're not paying to play, but maybe you're playing for, uh, little to nothing. Drinks. But yeah, for drinks. <laughs> uh, but when you look at the bill you're able to jump on or the exposure uh, or a new audience you're going to play in front of, um, you know, no one likes to play for free, obviously, but sometimes if you weigh that exposure, um, there are certain situations where it, it can be advantageous. Yeah. You're opening for somebody that, you know, has a big following and they're going to connect with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely you got to weigh it. I, I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 And we've loved to, um, now that we bring some more national acts through, we've loved to put some local, uh, musicians mm. and, and some young musicians that we've found in the community that we think are great and put them on those bills and just give them an opportunity to play for a sold out audience, you know, with a bigger national act and just, just give them that exposure. Um, and that's been fun to watch, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. And they're probably so, so raw and new. It's like they're just going to jump on it and promote it and just so be, be so excited about and, it. And, you know, know <laughs> to be honest, the audiences are excited to make these discoveries, see these up and comers. Um, for some of them, it, it may be one of their first gigs. Um, yeah. And so, again, that a lot of that we're able to do that because of the size of our room. But uh, it's exciting and the audience responds to it. I love when you, you know, hear a story, just what comes to mind is Bob Seger. I mean, he just did all these shows here at the DTE. And it was, I remember just a lot of posts about, oh, I remember he played our high school, you know, and so you just never know who that next artist, you know, where they're going to go with it. Do you focus on that, Joe, if, you know, you've got a big national artist and you like to do that same kind of thing? Will you look for those kind of artists or just let them come to you and then you decide, you know, who gets to play? It's, that- well, I mean, a little bit of both. I I definitely want the bands that are going to play in front of the national bands to be, the music has to be comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got a hard rock band, it should be a hard rock band opening. If you got a country band, a country band should be opening. So I, I look for that, and I look more for 
the talent part of it. Um, there are some bands, quite frankly, that aren't very good, but they have a huge following and promoters and club owners will book them for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if it's a show in front of a national band and you know, they, they gotta be, they gotta be good. So, um, Bottom there's line. certain criteria that I look for, but, um, you know, I will go looking for bands or sometimes I just have a certain band in mind. I know which band fits and I just do it. And it helps you've been in the business for so long. You know, you you can kind of, uh, I mean, you've got probably a ton of connections. So that uh, helps you in the in the long run, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I got a good story about this one band. Um, we were doing a show down in Ohio uh, in a festival and the weather was really crappy. It was in May and Honestly, the the temperature was 45 at the oh. highest, and it was drizzling rain. It was just miserable. And I had thrown my back out uh, earlier that morning. So we had RVs as um, uh, dressing rooms, and I'm laying in one of them. My back hurts and kind of half asleep. And then all of a sudden, I hear this music on the stage, and I and it just perked up. I'm like, wow, what is that? So I... I I come out and I watch it. I look on the stage and it's three girls, little girls from 10 to 15 years old playing their own music. And they were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And this was a band that, um, that, um, submitted their, their stuff through our, um, band submissions. And we had booked the mayor from Cincinnati. So they drove all the way up to Toledo, which is still like a three hour drive. And, um, they did it. I think for $50, we supplied them with backline this and that, but they, they blew me away so much that we ended up putting them on shows in front of other nationals. We put them on in front of uncle cracker. We put them on in front of smash mouth. And, um, we even got them on TV channel seven, did a a piece on them. Channel two did a piece on them. So, you know, that's the example of a, of a band, um, being so good that they just, rise to, to the top um and that band by the way they're called triple the trouble they're out of cincinnati <laughs> ohio they're phenomenal love the name great story yeah you just never know you know you like, never know never know very good cool. no and that's and to be honest that's one of the exciting spots about the space we're in a small smaller venue not a lot of seats that we are seeing a lot of the bands that are you know a lot of independent musicians that are on their way up or just starting out and um just in the small time we've been open we've seen bands that we had two years ago that were just getting going Mm. and the national success they've had now and it's been it's been fun to watch some of these bands that are just early on and if they come back to watch how much the growth is you know year over year um and for us to sit back and watch now um one band that that comes to mind that we had early on in our in our venue was was the Warren Treaty, um, who absolutely blew us away in our small little room. And now, you know, I see they're out. Uh, they were on stage with Mumford and Sons at a huge festival in California, wow. playing for you know <laughs> thousands and thousands of people. So um, it is fun when you when you see those and you're able to identify them and, and just watch the success. It's it's fun to do. Well, interesting, Joe. Maybe down the line can have guests on that you had in your small little room that have grown. <laughs> so absolutely, you know, you just never sure. know, right? There you go. Um, sure. Cool stuff. Uh, and I want to touch on a little bit of you know because we are talking trying to book gigs and you guys give some gave some great insights 
sites for the smaller venue and the big festivals. But, you know, um, and hopefully you can both talk about this, but thinking about outside the box uh, for bands to book, you know, besides just your summer festivals and events and your small venue, um, you know, what might be some other ways they can find bookings? I'm not sure if you can answer this, but uh, hopefully you might have some suggestions. I, I, you know, I think we covered it all. And, and the best way to, to, to get out there is, is you have to, you have to, talk to promoters and talent buyers and club owners and be persistent and send them your stuff and continue to create more music and, and more things and, and just, just be persistent. I think that's the best way to go. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, a lot of ways to get noticed now, other than just booking your traditional gigs, like you were describing, um, you know, especially I'm, it's summertime in Michigan right now. Oh, yeah. And yeah, there's the the big festivals like Joe's talking about, and there's a lot of those. But now there's you know a lot of local municipalities, townships that have their concerts in the park, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. We're actually partnering right now with Orient Township. Uh, they have an amphitheater. I saw that. Yeah, they have an amphitheater in Orient Township that was. Uh, we're going to partner with them to bring shows out there, uh, and they do some great free shows on Tuesday. So there's things like that okay. that you can do. Um, obviously, house. Concerts have become a huge uh, part of the industry and something that we're aligned pretty closely with because of our size. Once again, mm-hmm. um, and, and you were before we went on here, you did mention the house concerts and something that you mentioned that I thought was really important. And maybe bring that up again about if they have a concert. How yeah, that works with you? Those are just becoming, especially if you're dealing with a lot of independent musicians. Those are becoming a big part of of the way they make a living. And uh, but I would just mention from a, a venue perspective, if if that's part of your schedule, that you just uh, have that either on your website or you make it clear when and what days you have house shows so that the venue is aware, hey, if I'm booking you on on this day, I'm aware that if you have house shows on either side of that date in the same town. That's information I need to know because right. obviously that plays into okay. – um, so that's just an important thing to make sure you're pretty transparent on I'm, with the venues. Didn't mean to jump in on there, no. but I remember we talked – we were starting to talk about that before we went live here. Yeah. So I thought I better bring that back up because that's so important. You just you have to lay it all out there. You don't want to all of a sudden have to go back into the to the promoter and say – or to the buyer, uh, this isn't going to work right. You know? well, it's, yeah. it's funny to think about because you think, oh, it's a house show. It's it's not that many people. But you know, I, there's some really elaborate, uh, great – house show type venues that I know of in the area. People are doing yes. them, people are doing them in barns now and um, some great atmospheres, but yeah. they can also bring, you know, quite a few people out. And so if that is going on, that's definitely a piece of the puzzle that the venue would want to know about. Black Crystal comes to mind. Um, GW and um, Carrick. Craig, Craig Carrick. Craig, Craig Carrick and Clarkson has yes, a, a phenomenal barn. But then they like built it just to do this. Yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> it's like crazy. And GW, it's like in his basement. You walk in, you feel like you're in a you're in a bar. You know, I mean, a, a nightclub kind of. So it's really cool. Yeah, those are some good um, good ways to also find bookings. But you know, just make sure it's on your tour page. You know, as we put in the quotes there, yeah. tour page. So okay. Um, all right. Well, I uh, appreciate both you guys, you know, coming on and, and discussing these very important things of how to get bookings. I just want to make sure you each, um, you know, have said everything that, you know, you think would be helpful for an artist and uh, give you, you know, some time here to maybe any last things you want to say about booking gigs for these artists. Joe, we'll start with you. Well, um, I, I, first of all, I think 
what you're doing with your podcast is a great thing. It's a, it's a, it's a great tool for bands to, to learn. I'm sure hopefully they learned a lot from this podcast today and, um, just, just believe in yourself, keep being persistent, um, keep writing music and do everything you can to, to get it out there. Um, but I think okay. pretty much we've, we've covered it all. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, any Kevin, any yeah, I would just nice echo what Joe said is just, yeah, stick with it. Be persistent. Um, try nowadays, you know, there are so many vehicles to kind of hone your craft and get your name out there. Um, so having a good video to go back to the video, um, video is kind of king right now. Yeah. It's something easy and quick for talent buyers to click on. So, yeah. um, and now it's so easy. I know a lot of independent musicians don't have huge budgets to go film a, a great music video, but nowadays with even the, the cameras on phones and stuff, you can put something together that's, that's, pretty good, pretty quickly and pretty inexpensively. Yeah. Um, and so I would just encourage, have something that, that really represents what you do on stage so that the, the talent buyer, you know, has a really good idea of, of what they're buying. Yeah. You don't want to misrepresent what you, you know, actually do. Yeah. And if you, you know, if it, it, some of these the artists grow so fast that, you know, when I look at some of these EPKs and it's information, the bio's two or three years old or the, the most recent video is two mm. or three years old. And, you know, some of these are, they grow so fast and they, they, they learn so fast that you really want to, you know, show what they're doing now. Yeah. I, and it's, on that point, I get so irritated. I'm, you know, reading a bio on someone. It's like, okay, our debut album just came out. I'm thinking, that was three years ago. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> I see that yeah. routinely. Yeah. yeah. You've got to stay on top of that. I mean, that just is a reflection of what you do on the stage, right? I mean, make sure it's up to date. Simple. Yep. And if Simple you're, thing. Yeah. If you're working on a new project and that's what you're pitching, then that's what should be represented on, on, on your most recent page. Now, how far are you booked out into? Uh, we're pretty full through the end of the year, oh, wow. um, believe it or not. Um, but you know, we're still trying to do a lot of things where we add dates cause we, we're guaranteed to have shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but we're starting to add some additional dates because we want to have some more opportunities for local musicians, um, doing whether it be open mic nights or doing, um, nights that are just for local musicians here in the Detroit area. So we'll be adding some stuff, but, um, yeah, we're fortunate that we've had a lot of inquiries and a lot of uh, tours that have wanted to come. So we're booking now further out than we have in the past. That's a good thing. That yeah. reflects on you guys and what you're doing there with 20 Front Street. Awesome. Uh, Joe, you mentioned that you do a lot of your booking. You know, you look for the artists and everything early in the year, February through March. Uh, do you still have openings like this late in the year for the summer festivals? Or is that uh, – no, everybody's completely booked. No, I mean, we're already we're already into the season where we're, we've already done uh, three events already. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're completely booked up. Okay. I'll start looking at national bands for next year in late September. And then, um, like I said, I then we'll start looking for the local bands in February. I like to get the national stuff booked first and then, um, do the local stuff okay. um, after that. But yeah, we do book, um, pretty, pretty far in advance, but right now, yeah, we're, we're done for the year. Okay. I was just curious. I mean, I mean, what happens if you get like, um, an, something that an artist all of a sudden has to drop out? I mean, you, you have a, a, a well, list going, you can find someone right away, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we had that happen to us a couple of weeks ago with one of our national bands. We had Eddie, Eddie Money booked at our Uncle Sam Jam and he got, uh, ill and he had to have surgery and so he canceled a whole bunch of dates. And, Okay. Um, I had to scramble to find a replacement um, for him, which that that's a lot harder because you're talking about a national band that's 
you know, worth X amount of dollars, but I was fortunate enough to, to get Sugar Ray to replace, um, any money. So I got that done. And then on the local stuff, yeah, there's sometimes bands will cancel for whatever reason. And then basically, um, we, you know, we rank everybody that, um, submitted. So whoever's next in line, um, that's who we'll call and say, Hey, guess what? You weren't picked earlier, but (laughs) got good news for you. There's an opening. It just happened. And, We'd love to have you play. So, and you just made their um, day. That, that's, yeah. So, and that, and that happens too a couple times a year. Oh, okay. So we tell bands don't don't dis- don't get discouraged if you don't get picked right away because we either might add events or somebody might cancel mm-hmm. and, and there's still a good chance that you might get picked. So, and okay. that does happen. Okay. Why don't we? Uh, both, I want to make sure both of you uh, get your information out there so people are interested in, uh, you know getting booked on there or connecting with you. So, uh, Joe, why don't you make sure, uh, give us that information for everybody, the best way to. Well, um, our company's called FunFest Events, and our website is funfestevents.net. And if you want to send us information about your band, uh, email it to info at funfestevents.net, and we'll always take a look at it. Okay. Great. And Kevin. Yeah. And like I mentioned, our website is 20frontstreet.com. And that's 20frontstreet.com. We do have the booking inquiry form right on our website, so you can submit it there. Uh, and then you can find us on all of the social media platforms as well. We have an active, uh, you know, social media following. So we try and, uh, you know, interact with people there. So you can send us messages and, and we'll respond there as well. Okay. Perfect. Make it easy for these bands to find you and to get it. But I think the main thing is, you know, for a band, you know, you guys have given us some great information, but, you know, you need to be on top of the uh, your game of where, you know, what you want to do for the year and where you want to play and whatever and start the ball rolling and start the conversations and uh, maybe even just go to your events and meet you guys face to face. That probably doesn't hurt either, I would imagine. So, um, yeah, we have artists do that all the time, which yeah. is great to, you know, put a name of the face of it, someone that you haven't met previously or booked previously. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you gentlemen for uh, doing this with me today and uh, helping out musicians. I'm sure we've helped somebody. Uh, that's the goal is, you know, to to help uh, musicians to get some bookings and uh, find out more of what they can do to advance their career, their business of the music. Exactly. So Joe uh, Neeport of FunFest Events, thank you so much. We appreciate that. And Kevin. My pleasure. Kevin Bessert from 20 Front Street. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you having me and, and great job with the podcast. I think it's it's a great thing and, and hopefully we are helping uh, some of the bands out there. I, I hear back from people. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. It's, if I can hear back from someone, you know, each time, you know, it says thank you for that, then I did my job. <laughs> yeah, so, but I know that it's, it's so hard for musicians, so I want to help them whenever I can. So, and thanks to all of you out there for listening. Do appreciate that. Uh, to this week's edition of The Business of the Music Business. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to The Business of the Music Business. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you would leave a review, that would be great. Find out more. Just follow me on Facebook and uh, my website, hamrossi.com. Have a great week.